Today's episode of Back in the Closet with the famous Dr. Jean Hovey is sponsored by Pet Greens, the leader in offering organic grass to pet parents everywhere. Get yours at Petco, PetSmart, Amazon, or Chewy. And enjoy this episode learning the benefits of offering cat grass to your kitties. I'm Jay. I'm Adrian. And together we are the Two Crazy Cat Ladies. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to cut you. I think I just peed. Buckle up. We're back in the closet. Bag in the Closet with the Two Crazy Cat Ladies, where this episode is all about cat grass, right? The grass for the cats. Not that kind of grass, as Dr. Jean Hovey says, who is joining us here today. None other than Dr. Jean Hovey, the one and the, the only, is here to teach us all, including us, about the benefits of grass for our cats. Yes. And I have to say, Dr. Jean Hovey, we have been inspired fans of yours for many years. A long time. This is a huge honor to get to talk to you again. Um, And for anyone who has not yet met you or doesn't recognize how you make the world such an amazing, much more beautiful place for our cats, could you share a short introduction of how you're changing this beautiful world? Well, I've always loved cats, and when I was little, I wanted to be a vet, but then, you know, that wasn't an option in the 50s, and so I didn't, and then eventually I did, and I graduated from vet school when I was 40 years old, and um, and I was uh, just in time for the internet, and I was uh, bopping around on the internet, and somebody said, hey, will you write an article for the whole cat journal? I said, sure, and then... Uh, and then I started writing things and doing things and talking and getting interviewed and all kinds of crazy things. And then um, I was over at a friend's house, met Jackson Galaxy, who is the crazy cat daddy. And he and I got together and formed Little Big Cat, which um, I still run that website. We have a new newsletter on Substack. And I... Uh, you know, one of the first things we talked about was decline oh. um, and how that is so vile and barbaric and horrendous. And so that's been one of my passions. Um, and then I learned about nutrition and that's been one of my passions. And of course, cat grass falls right into that category. Yes. Uh, there's, and, you know, when I first started working with the cat grass people at Bell Rock and um, Pet Greens, I, there wasn't very much known about it out there. And we got back together a few months ago and I went and reviewed the literature and, oh my gosh, people have actually looked at it and there's like science. (laughs) Yes. I'm a geek. I'm so, I was so thrilled to find it. It's like, whoa, this is awesome. Cause all this, you know, I, I tell you, you know, not that I'm, psychic or the greatest or anything but every week somebody comes out with a study that's like oh i've been saying that for 30 years thank you for catching up you know it's all been just common sense but you know there's so many people that don't believe things without science i'm one of them you know but personal experience and working with thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of cats over the years there are some things that you don't really need a study for yeah I love it to specify that, though, because I, I do feel like so many of us are just hesitant to jump into anything that 
you know, has a lot of common sense behind it, but not a lot of science. Right. Right. And I feel like, especially in the world of cats, cats are hard to study. Right. It's just the way that it is. Very hard to study. And honestly, there's very little about science that's common sense. Those two things, not so much. That's that's true. But there, you know, more and more, especially over the past, say, like five to 10 years, there's been more and more studies coming out about, you know, species appropriate diets and and nutrition in dogs. Right. And we know that most of that, a lot of that correlates also to to cats, even though cats are not small dogs. But we know that, you know, if they need to eat appropriate to their species, then appropriate to to their species as well, right? And um, and and yet there's still so many people, so many people that give the pushback of there's not science, the science behind that. There's not science behind that, but it's coming out all the time. It's actually everywhere. So I'm really excited that they're I actually studying grass. You too. actually have a uh, blog on your website about the science is in on raw diets and why they're better than kibble. So I love that. That's yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm revising my ebook what cats should eat and that's going to have a lot more because you know but the but the thing is in america we are so biased towards americans and you know if the study was not done by americans and given that the veterinary establishment is so anti-raw diet the AVMA staked out that position so many years ago. So now the study's being done in Finland and Spain and whatever. They're, you know, they're not getting the credence here, but I find them because I am looking for them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you're not looking for it, you ain't going to see it. So, um, That's so true. That's you know, so it was, you know, when I started looking at cat grass, I was absolutely thrilled. It's like, oh my gosh, this is a, like UC Davis seriously so it's uh it's a lot of fun it is a lot of fun because i think the thing about cat grass is um i think there's a stereotype honestly where if if your cat's eating grass it means they're sick right right? because they'll throw it up go ahead and just share i mean i think that that's like uh, we, we have people contact us and say my cat is eating grass like in their backyard or something which always be careful if you spray for pesticides in your yard that is not good uh, however, but cats eating grass is actually kind of natural for them, and there are many reasons. Yes, it's a hundred percent natural, and they have not found a cat species or a dog species um, on the planet that does not eat grass. Okay, they all eat grass. Wolves apparently love blueberries too, so if they go go on YouTube and look up wolves eating blueberries. It's hilarious. But all cats eat grass. It is very natural and the beautiful study that I found, and I couldn't believe that they actually looked at this. Yes, cats will vomit when they eat cat grass about 25% of the time. So most of the time they don't, right. which is like, oh my goodness, isn't that fabulous? So they're, you know, so when they eat, if they do vomit, it's because they need it to. Because one thing that the grass does is it winds around the fur and and drags some of that out. And it also will wind around the fur and get it out the other end. And so there's lots of things that it does on a physical level that's, you know, really beneficial for the GI tract. You know, so it's, they kind of need it. It's, it is very, very natural. So I I used to grow spider plants for my cats and then and then they made this stuff it's like oh how easy is that 
much easier. Yeah. So good. So, Our babies have a garden downstairs. And and I, th I thought that was something too. Like you always think the cat is eating grass because they need to throw up. 25% of the time, that's the case. Our cats eat from their garden every day. Every day. And we have no vomit. So that's the other 75%. I'm sorry, what were you about to say? Oh, I was going to ask you about other digestive benefits because I know, like I, I get like, and I guess that's kind of the basic thing, right? Like if you know that cat grass is good or if, or if you see it at like Petco or PetSmart or anywhere that they're selling grass and you, then you at least assume this is probably something good, but my cat throws up or are they only eating it because they're sick? We have a lot of people that reach out to us and they're like, I, I got my cat, cat grass and they didn't eat it at first, but now they're eating it. Does this mean they're sick? And we, and we say exactly what you just said, right? If they need it for their digestive system, then that's then it's fine. If you see like a hairball or or, or something like that um, after they eat, they they ate that because they needed that. But what other digestive benefits does does cat grass have, or just benefits in general, health benefits does uh, does it have for our kitties? Well, it's you know, I mean, there's the obvious that is the the physical action of the blades of grass themselves. Yeah. They're full of silica, which is um, kind of sharp. So, um, and, and there now there hasn't been any studies done on this, but I would love to do that. And that is, I wonder if they don't eat grass to help kill parasites as well, mm. especially the wild kitties, because, you know, when, if you feed something like diatomaceous earth that that uh, dries out and slices up um, parasite eggs and things. I wonder if there's not a benefit to that too. Now that's hard to prove in our domestic cats because our domestic cats are all dewormed to snockerdoodle and, and, you know, you'd have to give them parasites in order to test that theory. But, um, you know, it makes sense for wild cats that that would be part of their anti-parasitic arsenal. So that's my theory and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> so that common sense will come up with science in about 30 years. Hey, right? Uh, yeah, hopefully I can goose somebody somewhere along the line. I think we get to look at this. Um, but, uh, you know, but it also, one thing that most of us have noticed when cats eat is they don't really chew. And if you're feeding dry food, which I do not recommend, mind you, but um, if they vomit dry food, it usually comes back out looking pretty much the way it went in. <clears throat> yeah. So um, they're not chewing. If if they do chew, I used to watch my cat and she'd chew and all little pieces would fall out of her mouth. It's like she's not getting a lot of benefit out of that, you know. Um, but they will chew grass and they'll chew and chew and chew. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple things that that means. One thing is... Um, you know, that it, it obviously it feels good on their gums. Okay. It also, they are actually, if you, if you eat a plant, you or me or a dog or a cat, uh, unless we chew it up real good, we're really not getting any nutritional benefit uh, uh, from that because plant cell walls are made of cellulose and we don't have the enzymes to digest that and cats do not. So unless, you know, I mean, people give their dogs uh, pieces of raw carrot, which is great. They don't get any nutrition out of that. It's just fun. It's a treat, you know. But 
um, you know, if you're feeding a homemade diet and you want to feed vegetables, you have to steam them or puree them or otherwise pre-digest them or your animal's not going to get anything worthwhile out of them. But they chew the grass. So they are breaking those cell walls and they're getting all those vitamins and minerals and they're getting chlorophyll, which is a huge antioxidant, which antioxidants are just so cool and they're so good and uh, you want me to talk about antioxidants? Oh, yeah. I can talk about antioxidants forever and the free radicals and let's, yes, you, yes. Let's talk about the nutritional value of grass in general because you're talking about those nutrients and those vitamins and like what, let's talk about all of it. What what are those that are in there? Why are they beneficial? And then antioxidants is just like the mega. Yeah. Now I didn't memorize all the list of things that are in it, but of course, beta carotene uh, is important. Um, now, cats do not convert beta carotene to vitamin A. So people say, oh, they get vitamin A. No, they don't. But they do absorb the beta carotene, and it is a very powerful antioxidant. That word again. Um, but there's, um, there's minerals. There's quite a few minerals, magnesium and um, uh, what are those minerals? I can't, I can't remember right this. You know what's funny is that we did a whole blog, a blog on is it, this. Uh, and fluoric acid too? Fluoric or acid. Fluoric acid is, uh, right. Those are B vitamins. Those right. are very, the B vitamins are very important. Um, and omega-3s. Yeah. There's omega-3 fatty acids. I just in learned that like today. Alpha linolenic acid is in the grass. And that is a, that's, that's crucial, you know, those, these things, you know, and the minerals, you know, they're not getting a ton of nutrients out of it. So the minerals are trace minerals. We're not going to get that excited. There's some calcium, there's some magnesium, manganese, iron, I think a little copper, but, um, but it's oxidants. Yes. It's the phytonutrients, the phytonutrients, the antioxidants. So do we all know about mitochondria? Mitochondria are the little guys inside our cells that used to be bacteria, but are now symbiotic little guys in our cells that create the energy. They take the food and make the energy. Without mitochondria, we're dead. Deadsville, dead. Flat pancake. So, yeah. When mitochondria make energy, there are byproducts. They're like a little internal combustion energy. So we burn, you know, our cars burn gas and it gives off byproducts. Some of them are not a big deal, like water. Some of them are not such a good deal, you know, like smog and particulates and things. But mitochondria produce things called free radicals. Now, free radicals are very important. This is not an accident. This is not garbage. Free radicals uh, are then taken and packaged up by the immune system. And when the immune system sees an invader, it takes a package of these little um, free radicals and throws it on it and it dissolves it. Okay, kills bacteria and viruses. So it's a very important part of the immune system. However, when the, when the system gets out of balance, now you've got too many of the worse kinds of free radicals and not as enough of the good ones. So now the body understands that things can get out of balance. So we have native antioxidants, these master antioxidants, glutathione, catalase, um, superoxide dismutase, the big, big, big ones, 
in the in the body. Now, this is great, and we don't have enough of them. So what we can do is eat the ones that plants make. And why would plants make antioxidants that are useful to us? You know what they protect the plants against? Sunburn. Can you believe that? I, <laughs> I, I, I asked a herbalist. It protects them against the sun. Wow. So, and they just happen to be there and they're useful to us. I what? never knew that. I so did not either. Plants make antioxidants to protect themselves from sunburn. From sunburn, right. So as a fruit ripens, you get more and more because they're being exposed to more and more sun, right? So we have the dark purple vegetables and the red vegetables. I know, it's so, you know, it's that whole convergent evolution and that whole thing that everything on the planet works together. Wow. And because I, because it occurred to me like, well, if antioxidants are so good for us, why would plants make them? You know, they don't care about us. <laughs> or do they? They just assume we were here because we're going to eat them. You know, it's a little, you know, but they make them for their own purposes. Turns out that because, you know, plants were here first and mammals aren't stupid, we get benefits out of them too because that's the way the system came to be. Yeah. So, um, so we eat these antioxidants and our cats chew up the grass and chlorophyll is a magnificent antioxidant. Um, and there's one other really important thing about chlorophyll, but they, so they're getting these, these benefits and what do antioxidants do? They prevent inflammation and they tamp down inflammation. Yeah. Inflammation is the root of all evil. Yes. Yeah. And, and the majority of disease in our cats Yes, it's it. That's what she means by all evil, <laughs> all disease. Yeah, all and all the degenerative diseases and all the signs of aging and all the, you know. So the immune system is so clever. So it's using these antioxidants to fight off invaders and, by the way, to prevent us from falling apart. You know, so it's just magnificent. Now chlorophyll is a really cool molecule because it's exactly the same as a molecule in our body. You know what that is? What? Hemoglobin. Are you serious? It's identical to hemoglobin. It's a, it has a copper ion instead of an iron ion in the middle. What? Which is why Spock has green blood, by the way, because his has got copper in it. So he really has chlorophyll. Jay doesn't know who Spock is. <laughs> I do. Perfect. Good. See? Good. Wow. <laughs> I've seen Star Trek, but my mom used to watch it. Okay. Sorry. Oh, children. No way. <laughs> so chlorophyll and hemoglobin are identical, save for hemoglobin has an iron ion and, and chlorophyll has a copper ion. Yeah. Is that not cool? Yeah. So if you're like anemic, and you need the things that will help build up a red blood cell, you have everything right there. All, wow. the, all the proteins, all the nutrients, all the factors, all the cofactors and everything. Um, you know, yeah. if you're bad, you're also eating red meat, and there's your iron. So it's all, it's all one big happy. Guys, oh are you hearing this right now? Like this little simple thing that we can offer our cats 
can can give them that many health benefits. This is this is amazing. This is amazing. Now so, let's go ahead. Well, yeah, let's talk about this because I also want to talk about the, the difference between the benefits of letting them munch on it like this or cutting it up for them or what about even like should we put it on their it? food? Right. Do we include like if because because it is the more that we've learned about it and you know for years we never had a cat grass garden. Every every now and then if we saw it at the store, we would get some if it was for sure organic, like Pet Greens is. Uh, because I saw in the comments, someone said, is cat Any grass cat from the grass. store the same as yard grass? Same benefits. No, 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 no. Let's <laughs> yeah, tackle explain that, real that quick. please. Yeah. Okay. This is wheatgrass. You can grow really nice grass from barley, oats, wheat, and rye. Um, and now I know if you're, if you're like me, this, these, these greens are striking a familiar chord. They're all involved with gluten. They all have gluten when they're grown up, but not now. Right. When they're little babies, they don't, they haven't formed the gluten yet. So you don't even have to worry about that. But yard grass is something called fescue is Kentucky bluegrass usually. And it's not the same. Um, and the grass in the yard has been there for a long time. And you're only cutting off the tops and it's old, tough grass. And it's going to have, it's going to be harsher on the tummy. This is brand new, beautiful, full of life, full of enzymes, full of happy juju grass. And, uh, you know, so it's just, I mean, look at the color. I, I mean, know. it's we, just magnificent. It's spring every day. It really, it really is. is. And I have to say, so when we when it gets a little bit tall, what I'll do is I'll I'll trim it. And that smell <gasps> is just the babies just come. They're like, ooh, it's the fresh stuff. They just get, yeah. get yeah. excited. So excited. Yeah. So <laughs> my cat doesn't um Perry Christmas, my magnificent cat. Uh he does not vomit very often with cat grass. Very, very rare. Um now when I say 25% of the time. It's some cats are really, if you're just introducing this, they're going to throw up a lot. But you have to let their digestive system get accustomed to it. You can't give it to them for Christmas. And then, you know, next Christmas, expect them to be like their stomach acid and everything to be all set up for that. That's not going to happen. So you may have a little more vomiting up front. But persist, please, because you're getting all these benefits. Now, if your cat there's there's two i have two schools of thought about the cutting it up versus letting him chew on it whole perry is a chew on it whole kind of guy um but if your cat um is is not into that or you just want them to have the benefits in an easier way chop it up and sprinkle it on the food um you chopping it up is going to take the place of them chewing it because if they're eating it with food, they're just going to snork it down, right? Yeah, right? So, you know, so you're going to miss a little of that. So the chewing action, I think, is important. Um, also, I, I think that if your cat is really having a lot of trouble with vomiting, I would give it, I would not leave the cat grass down all the time. I would give it between meals. Okay. So their stomach is empty. They can get the benefits, get the GI system cleaned out between meals, 
and then um, you know if they if they do puke it up, there it's going to be a little bit of grass and and phlegm, you know, a little mucus. If you let it dry, you pick it up. You know, if you're lazy like me, you just let it dry for a few minutes, and it'll, you know. Or you can be neurotic and pick it up right away. That's up, it's up to you, you know. Or if you have a dog, just leave it. It's going to be gone. Um, <laughs> wow. That was my dog's function, but I miss him. <laughs> he, was, he took care of all the leftover cat food, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I was not fond of his method of cleaning the cat box. I have, I have to say that, but... Um, yeah. But yeah, he was a, he was a very handy fellow to have around. But um, you know, so you know, I'm just being, I'm just saying like it is here. I, I think it is. We always keep it real here. Yep, keep it real. Yeah. So, so if we don't leave it down all day, because we do, like our little garden is out on the on the corner. But what, what I think is really interesting, interesting is for us. So, so like we've been doing this for a while. Our cats, uh, just like yours, they they don't throw up. It's very very rare that we see them vomit with grass in it um they uh however we have it we have it right by the sink which is also where we prepare their food um for their for their meals and also because it's really easy to water when it's right there by the sink so we don't forget right um so we have like a little garden there and what we found is that every morning or from and i don't know if they do this and at night too. as well okay we call so it their hors d'oeuvres we call it their hors d'oeuvres because as soon as like we start preparing they jump up usually one at a time and they go in and start chewing on the grass and i'm like that's oh, like yeah. section. what's their aperitif <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, I would leave it out, you know, unless they're having severe problems, you know, and they're really having a hard time getting it adjusted to it. You know, there's no right or wrong way to do this. I mean, this right. is, they're cats, you know, right. they're going to be who they are. Well, you know, they're also, they're also so smart. So I no. think, you know, like the, the process of, and you guys have heard us talk about this um, with Julianne Thorne and, and um, Dr. Katie Woodley and, and different people too, the process of self-selection, of giving our cats something to select if they need it. When, they, when they're out in the wild, they have the these things, certain, these certain things available to them, right? But, but um, and they'll select certain herbs or grass and things like that when their bodies need it. Um, yeah. But when they're when we're they're stuck in our four walls in our home, they have less options available to them that their bodies or that they just for enrichment mm -hmm. might, you know, intuitively want. And so and this is not like a it's not like you're going to break the bank, you know, <laughs> getting getting, yeah. getting grass. This isn't like a super expensive purchase, but being able to have something available to them for them to self-select when needed, I think is really important. Yeah. And for indoor cats, you're bringing the outside in, yeah. you know, and that's really important. It's, and the indoor enrichment piece cannot be overemphasized. I agree yes, with that. You. Is, that is so true. I know we've got V is a, is a newbie to the, to the um, podcast, the live, and wants to just clarify for everyone that's just joining us right now. Yes, there is a big difference between cat grass and good old yard grass. Yes. Um, as Dr. Jean Hovey just explained. And I think that it's, what were the other grasses that you said are, are, Fine, we're not talking about rye and wheat. So yeah. the brow, you know, the the brow grasses. 
Yeah. Okay. You know, what's funny is that we, so we don't treat our lawns. We don't treat it with pesticide and we don't treat it with um, fertilizers or anything like that. And we live in the desert. So we literally don't have grass in our backyard, right? We get some weeds every now and again, but all of our neighbors, which are right backed up to us, have beautiful lawns that are completely treated that are, you know, uh, treated with everything and they're, you know, beautiful lawns. That's great. They don't look like dirt like ours, but, um, but we know the way that that, that those chemicals travel through the soil. And when we would let our, our boys outside um, uh, in the backyard, they would go a twist, especially Oliver twist would go straight to the weeds, right? He would go straight to the weeds and he'd just start chewing on them and he would always throw up. And I was like, until we got him the organic cat grass inside and he wouldn't throw that up. And I, I mean, I don't have science. I didn't do any science around this, but in my head, I was like, it, that's because he's probably getting those chemicals and whatnot from the neighbor's yards and the pesticides and the herbicides and all that that's in the soil that's that these weeds are coming out of versus this organic cat grass in the house. Do you think that there's validity to that or is that just me making it stuff? Could be, it could be, but, you know, weeds are tough, you know, and so they're they're getting more of the irritant effect of the silica in the in the stalks. Um, than they are with this. Um, you know, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Now, if you're downhill from anybody, yes, you're getting the groundwater and all that um, is going to get into the weeds. But I think it's more of the actual physical irritation um, that they get from the sod grass that's been there forever or weeds that, are, you know, the taproot goes down 400 feet, you know. <laughs> yeah. If your grass is like mine, you know, um, uh, it's uh, you just you don't want to take those chances, you know. Satisfy your cat's instinct to chew with with the with the good stuff, you know. And you're not uh, there's no there's no none of those variables that you could get you in trouble. I I love how much I think our our cats are like your Perry Christmas. Uh, they really love. They have no interest. You know, I did a, a little experiment with them where I literally just cut off some grass for them to munch on. They have no interest in that. They want to be able to just like get down into it. Is this my Zorro? Yeah. You're about Zorro's to show how you chew, baby? Come on. He's like, wait, there's cat grass in here? He just puts his whole face in there and he will just gnaw and gnaw. And all of our babies do that. You want to come up? Say hi to Dr. T. Hovey. He's like, I smell the I good stuff it. right here. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There he goes. Oh. Proof is in the pudding right here, guys. Yeah, the buffet is open. But I did notice that, you know, he eats a lot of it and you can see the ones that he does eat that he'll swallow those. But a lot of them just have those chew marks on it where you can see that the 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 outer cell walls, whatever, are just completely damaged. Like they're sucking on them almost. Yeah. Exactly. Like they're they're all, yeah. their, all that good juice with all the enzymes and all the all the uh, good juju in there. That's, yes, yes, and that's what he does, and he's our biggest grass lover. No, I think of, of, no, we got to give him one now because yeah, because he's yeah, like, yes, of course. Put it <laughs> on the like, little please, table like that. Please don't make me get on camera. Okay, I know, I know, time is flying as we're talking about this, but I, I wanted to ask you, what in the world is this mRNA in cat Oh yeah, micro RNA. Now, sometimes it's a brief mRNA, but there's it's also messenger RNA or miRNA, but it's microRNA. So it, uh, microRNA is little tiny messenger molecules, and our body makes 
bazillions of them. Um, and they, they help control gene expression. So there's genetics, the DNA, and there's the epigenetics, which is the protein coding that, that uh, is read and opens up and allows certain genes to be read at certain times. And these little microRNAs feed into that system and say, okay, now let's, let's open up this gene because we've got some issues and that's the one we want right this second because they're short-lived, they're, um, they're quick, they're in and out. And uh, so we have tons of them. Plants also have tons of them. All organisms do. It turns out, amazingly, that when we eat plants, some of those plant microRNAs get absorbed right into our bloodstream and they affect our DNA. They can go have actions on our genome, on our genes and our gene expression. And the most fascinating one I found was this, it just stunning. There's a, there's a particular microRNA in people that is, um, that stops a gene that, okay, there's tumor suppression genes and something happens and those, the suppressor gene gets suppressed, the microRNA says, no, 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 we want the tumor suppression gene. Come on, we want to suppress tumors. What are you kidding me? And there's a plant microRNA found in all those, in, in one case, I think it's in probably a lot of things. I love olives, but, um, and it's, and it is exactly homologous to our, anti-tumor suppression gene, and it is even more powerful. And there's one in the Pacific yew tree, which is the source of the chemotherapy agent Taxol. It's more powerful than Taxol, this little microRNA. So this is a brand new field of science. It's all just, just being explored. It's fascinating. But we're gonna, this is gonna be the source of new cancer therapy. It's gonna be the source of all kinds of things. And, oh. you know, I can't control the grass and get some of them. How about that? Wow, I love this. Do you know, I mean, I'm sure this, this is such new science, but, you know, I think there's so many things when you, when you realize like the mysteries of the body and how everything works together. Um, and the mysteries of the plants. Yeah, that there's gotta be that same kind of correlation. Perhaps, I mean, cancer is such a huge thing for our companion animals yeah. um, that this would be part of anti-cancer cancer for our cats as well. Well, I would think that there's got to be a tie-in, right? right? Yeah. You know, I mean, because I love it when you go to the doctor. You know, I break my ankle. I've done that a lot of times. And I go to the doctor and I say, my ankle is broken. And they say, oh, yeah, here's cast. And. Um, but they don't say why I broke my ankle. They don't say, oh, your ligaments are crap. They're so lax. No wonder your ankle's twisting every two seconds and you keep breaking them. Um, you know, it's the ankles connected to everything else that I have an ankle problem is symptomatic of something else going on in the whole body. Wow. So you, have, you know, the knee bones connected to the thigh bone and the whole, did the, you know, I get you guys are young. Okay, I hope, sing I hope that song. I don't understand that song, but 
Oh, no, I sing that song. All night I am going to be singing it all. <laughs> Right. Um, you know, but the, nature is amazing and she knows what she's doing. And I actually took a molecular biology class in epigenetics once and it was horrible. But the detail, this little thing here that happens over here to get anywhere, I mean, it's, it's so complex. It's so ridiculous. It is so out of existence you know everything has to be tied together somehow and if your cat is going to eat grass there's a dang reason for it right. and there are many benefits and uh, you know how can it not be good you can so and we do have a couple questions coming in are you are you up for taking a couple questions before oh, yeah. we okay uh, but i do want to ask before that my own question for you is I, uh, I really, you know, we, I really feel that there's an importance to the uh, being certified organic. That's what I really love about pet greens. And I feel like so often, um, when we're at the grocery store, I was like, Ooh, look at, they had the wheatgrass and the little, and it's in the organic section, and it's in the organic section, but nowhere on the grass itself. Does it say USDA organic. certified? So oh, tricky, dicky. Oops. So I wanted to ask your opinion. A, is it important for our cats to get organic or does does that matter? I feel like uh, we did not get the cat grass at the, the market. We are uh, we only get pet grains now, to be honest with you, because it is certified organic. Yeah. And says so is that important? Yes. I think the more organic we can be, the better now. Now, maybe this wheatgrass at the grocers was grown organically. Where did they get the wheat? Right. You know, where did they get the seeds? Was that some of the regular old wheat out there that was sprayed with glyphosate, with Roundup to kill it? And is it, you know, are those seeds contaminated? Uh, you know, it, it's not just about that. And, you know, did it come from China? Who knows? Right. I mean, Pet greens is organic. It's grown right here. It's you know it's it's uh, oh you've got another another customer. Okay, it says it. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah, I think it has to be important because you know there's no genetically modified wheat in this country, but wheat has just as much glyphosate sprayed on it as any genetically modified crop. And in right. fact, legumes in particular have more glyphosate on them than GMO corn, you know, because they spray it at harvest and it gets all over the place. It gets taken up into the, into the beans and stuff. And it's, it's, oh. it's awful, you know, so oats. And there was a study they did on chickpeas and they found that the organic hummus had as much glyphosate in it as anybody else. It's oh, wow. the, this world is getting crazier and crazier. So the more organic you can be, the better. The safer you're going to be. I mean, nothing's perfect. The air we breathe ain't perfect. But the more factors we can tick off on our side of the checklist, the better. Yeah. The better. Yeah. All right. We got a couple of questions. April okay. is asking, hi, is this good for a three, for three month old kittens? Yeah. Too? Is there a certain age that you would say start offering uh, cat grass? You could try. They, they may or may not be interested at that age. 
I, I think they probably are not going to be interested in eating it, but they might be interested in playing with it. I'd, I'd probably, you know, at three months, they haven't even been on solid food all that long. I might wait a little bit, you know, just to let them get their feet on the planet a little a little better. But um, <laughs> but eventually, yeah, I mean, maybe four, five, six months. I would certainly, by six months, I would certainly say they're ready. Do you think that it would be harmful? If digestive issues earlier, I would certainly offer it. Really? Yeah. But I, you know, I never even see hairballs in a kitten under four months. Yeah. And they just haven't eaten that much air. So, yeah. it's, uh, you know, they're pretty pristine at that age. At that age, right. So it's not going to hurt a three-month-old kitten. Absolutely not. Probably won't have any interest until they're a little bit yeah. longer. I wouldn't think, I wouldn't think you know, okay. but, you, but you never know. Yeah, every cat is different. Uh, Liza or Lisa, I don't know if I'm slaughtering your name, forgive me. I've read that there is a risk for a piece of grass to get caught in the back of the cat's throat and cause issues. Is it's this common? common? Have you ever heard of that? It is It is really uncommon. And I have not heard of it with this kind of grass. That is a, an issue, I think, when when I've heard of it, it has been with outside grass, the tough long pieces of grass, you know, that those, that those, um, will get caught. they can also go up the nose like a fox tail. I mean, there's a risk with everything in the world, like yes. you know, yes. so, but this grass is soft, it's pliable. Um, I think the chances would be very, very remote. Yeah, that is good. We and another good reminder for anyone who's joining us late that this, that cat grass is specifically cat grass. It's not yard grass. Uh, as Dr. Jean Hovey was saying earlier, that a lot of the grasses that are in your yard or the weeds or that they have a much thicker cell, cell walls. Uh, so it's a lot harder for them to break those down. Yeah. Right. And it's a lot, it's has much more silica in it. So it's sharper and it can actually cause damage going down the throat. Um, you know, so those, those, those grasses are, hefty. they're, you know, you okay. Is it okay? You just jump down. <laughs> you see the cat just jump from the top of the closet on her back. No <laughs> that happened. Daddy, I'm sorry. That happened. Um, okay. So I Sandy asked, um, if it hasn't been asked already is growing your own. Okay. And I do want to give a shout out to pet greens because they actually have a growing kit that you can, um, that you can use as well to grow your own. But um, do you do you always buy yours or do you grow some of your own? I use the kit. I like to grow my own, and I I actually have a tray set up thing for microgreens, and so I just throw some of the grass in there in the winter, you know, so that we all have something fresh to eat. Nice. Are you a fan of sprouts sprouting? I I'm not very um, consistent about it, but yes. I did. I did get a grow light so that I can do it. But then, I had not this cat, but I, <laughs> I tried to grow basil sprouts with with um, you know one of those growth things. And the cat actually came along and just grabbed a whole and ripped a giant thing of it, <laughs> and 
took it off and munched it all over the house. I had dirt everywhere. So we have to, you know, we have to kind of work that out. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a question earlier. I'm not quite sure if I can still get to it. It was basically uh, something about, oh, a Danae, where should we, where should I keep it to prevent them from knocking it over or pulling it all out? Oh, do you have any <laughs> suggestions? Yes, actually I do. So get a bigger container and get those, you know, go to Michael's and get those little river, those little um, glass beads or some kind of oh. thing. So put it in, put, put the thing, put the, put that little right. container in a bigger container and right. Fill in with with uh, little stones around it. Oh, that's so smart! smart. Yes. Oh, believe yeah. me. And also, have for those I not tried everything? <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. Well, I'll tell you another trick that we learned because what, um, like when we first started getting cat grass, we'd get a bunch, and then we would have it around the house in different areas. We'd forget to water it. Um, and sometimes some of them, our cats, they were just in a spot where our cats weren't interested. So they weren't doing anything with it and it would end up dying. But if you have excess amounts, like if you do like us and you buy like a case of them or something, put them <laughs> in your fridge. We put them now in the fridge and they stay so fresh. We will, you know, water them a little bit, but you don't have to water them that much, but keep them in the fridge and then bring them out when longer. it's when, you know, one of them's ready to go and you want to bring out a new one. Um, but you can bring out a new one and it, this has been in the fridge for days now or weeks. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, it's, and that would be, you know, if you are going to feed it intermittently, you know, between meals or something to, you know, yeah. to, to keep it away from the foods, make sure that doesn't get all mushed up. Um, then just put it in the fridge. That's brilliant. Yeah. 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 I think it's I, I, I plant, you know, every two weeks some new seeds, you know. Oh, I love that. Uh, do you have a blog on that on your website? Can someone go look for it there? No. I should. <laughs> <laughs> right, <Mom. laughs> I'm one of those people, like, I want to do that. I really do. But I need, like, all the step instructions. Step by step. Instructions. Step by step. Yeah. Oh, oh just Bella. you know, look up microgreens on YouTube because it's the same process. Oh, good point. Oh, good yeah. point. Bella. Thank you so much for uh, the question right here. Is it okay? This is a good question for, uh, I think, a lot of us. Is it okay to introduce cat grass to a seven-pound elderly kitty uh, with, skin, uh, with feline skin fragility syndrome and kidney disease? He has a voracious appetite, thankfully, and they only feed him high-quality wet. Skin fragility syndrome and Ugh. kidney disease. Oh, baby. That's tough. Um, it's not going to hurt him. Not at all. And it may provide a little um, uh, a little of that chewing satisfaction and just kind of make them feel a little better about life. You know? Well, and you think about the antioxidant yeah. benefits, which is going to help, is, is, is helpful for. And, and, and the omegas. The omegas are going to help with the kidneys. Yes. Yeah. And omegas. Yeah. So it's going to help with the skin and the kidneys To I mean, it's not going to be the cure. And inflammation. Right. Where, why do cats get kidney disease? It's chronic inflammation oh. in the kidneys. Yeah. Uh, so I have to say due to the kitty distemper vaccine that we over vaccinate so much and it's, you know, it causes low grade inflammation in the kidneys for the whole life. I mean, it's, it's crazy, but you want to control the inflammation, get those antioxidants in. This is a fun way to do it. Yeah. This is oh, a nice, especially one with the voracious appetite. So yeah. that, 
Yeah. Voracious. Voracious. I thought ferocious was... is a different thing. Ferocious. Voracious. Ferocious. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, Bella, I'm so sorry. She said, yes, his skin rips open so easily. That is. Uh, if just the vet in me has to say, check for diabetes and thyroid disease. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All Thank right. You. We are, we already went over our 45 minutes. I don't know how oh, we did time. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts? Anything that we didn't mention about the wonders of cat grass? Anything on your mind, top of mind? No, I think I think we did a good job covering like lots of things. I think we did too. I learned so much. This was I a know. very informative um, uh, podcast. I was going to say just live, but it's a podcast, and it's so it's very yeah. informative for for us too. So we we're gonna we're gonna spread the news far and wide about yes. the cat grass. Um, so thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for Rocket all of your team. knowledge that you. Yeah. Thank you, you for being a pioneer to... for all of us, Kathy. Oh, really it's, have no, it's, it's my much. I have to do it. I can't stop. I'll be 70 next month and I and I can't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Please don't, don't stop. stop. Never. Never. <laughs> Please <laughs> roll. <laughs> oh, Dr. It's keeping Hobie. you very young. Never stop. Yes. Yeah. That's right. That's right. We gotta keep learning, right? Yeah. Dr. Okay, love you guys. We, we love, love you so, so much. much. Thank, Thank you to you. everyone joining and us. Thank you, Dr. Jean, for being here with us and sharing your notes and your passion. We love you so much. Yes, and we will see you all very soon. Good night, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.